All right, good day, everyone. Thank you for joining Downstate Abbey today to talk about what's an issue that's really near and dear to my heart as of late especially, and that is the care and, honestly, in my opinion, abuse of our elderly and medically frail community members because of the policies of our governor, Andrew Cuomo. Some of you may or may not be aware of just how much suffering has been going on in the families of elderly individuals who are in nursing homes and individuals who are in long-term care facilities for a variety of reasons. These can be people, you know, young, old, and everywhere in between who need to be in a medical facility. And what I'm seeing play out is is just heartbreaking. And I don't see where it's making major in ways into major media outlets so that people can really have a voice and advocate for their loved ones, advocate for their families. But just in a very cursory overview kind of way, I, I want to bring you all up to speed to what is happening, which is our elderly population and our community members who are residents of long-term care facilities are basically being held hostage by the policies of Andrew Cuomo. These are people who have been since probably March 13th, many of them have been in isolation to a very large extent without family members being able to visit, without being given the dignity of making their own choices. I mean, these are people in many cases who've made it to ripe old ages of 80s, 90s. Some of them are centenarians for crying out loud, and they've been robbed of the ability to make a choice as to whether or not they get to see their families. And I just think it's heartbreaking. I mean, we know in the very beginning of the COVID-19 issue exploding you know, worldwide as we know it and all of the ways that it's been handled and, in my opinion, mishandled in many different ways, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that our governor, Andrew Cuomo, mandated that people who were COVID-19 positive be admitted to nursing homes. And this was all during a time in which you and I and everyone else you know, we shut our businesses down, our kids were pulled out of school, our life as we knew it changed literally overnight. And we were happy to make those sacrifices because we were united in the purpose of protecting our most vulnerable segments of the population. We were united in, in staying safe, staying home, you know, protecting others, putting putting our own needs aside and contributing to the greater good because that's what we were told we were doing. We didn't want this virus to pass to an individual who might be immune compromised or might carry it into, you know, their elderly relative or put in contact anyone who was vulnerable in any way to it. So, you know what we did? We pushed pause. We tried to flatten the curve, all of those things that we were told. And during that very same time period, our governor put out a mandate. I will put a copy of it up on my Downstate Abbey Facebook page so you can see it in all of its glory because oddly enough, it seemed as though it kind of got yanked off of the Department of Health website for a while there, but we have it. And it states that if an individual is COVID-19 positive, they had to be admitted to that nursing home. They had to. Not sent to a hospital where they could receive the better care that they would need and be in an environment that was more isolated so that they were not a threat to the other residents of that long-term care facility or nursing home. They had to be admitted to that nursing home. Now, nursing homes downstate, especially high-capacity nursing homes, did, did what they could to fight back and push back against that, but they were told, and you probably heard it on the governor's uh, press conference during this time that 
Nursing homes don't get to pick and choose who they admit or don't admit. And it was totally counterintuitive to everything that we were working so hard to do, which was control the spread, flatten the curve, protect our most vulnerable. So as a result, thousands of our elderly and vulnerable individuals died of COVID-19 in these facilities because just like Governor Cuomo said, it spreads like wildfire. I mean, it, it's, it was such an intentional and in my opinion, sociopathic way to handle this that I just can't think it wasn't anything but intentional. I mean, it would be the equivalent of, you know, blowing peanut dust into a room full of people that you know have a peanut allergy. I mean, that's the equivalent of what he did here. And when there was pushback on part of the facilities, he threatened them and said, you know, you're not going to go go against this mandate. You don't get to pick and choose who you admit and who you don't admit. So that whole debacle played out. We're still waiting for the real data as to how many people really died because of that, because the numbers we have so far don't take into account the people who contracted COVID in the nursing home and then were eventually transferred to a hospital where they spent their last hours or days because they were in such grave condition at that point. So I'm hoping and praying that Jim Tedesco and Angelo Santa Barbara are successful in getting an independent investigation of that because you would think that Governor Cuomo would want to know what could have been done better, right? Wouldn't you think that if, wow, you know, we lost a large segment of our vulnerable population, let's see what we can do better next time. But he's trying to squash any possibility of an independent investigation. And I think that that just speaks volumes personally. So I saying all of that to give the overarching picture of what's going on now in our nursing homes. Okay. During a press conference back in, I believe it was late April, Governor Cuomo placed the blame on the nursing home deaths on the essential workers, the staff of nursing homes. I thought that was an incredibly grimy, childish way to handle it. At that point, he mandated that staff be tested twice a week. That's an expense that has been absolutely paralyzing. I mean, just absolutely unbelievable financial burden to many of these facilities, but they've done it. They've tested their staff twice a week, and now I, I believe it's whittled down to once a week. I, I'm not completely certain about that, but basically the blame for his horrible leadership he pushed onto essential workers who were operating these nursing homes and facilities during a time that was completely chaotic, to say the least. So somewhere Within all of that, now we have these mandates that have basically placed restriction on elderly people, residents of nursing homes and long-term care facilities being able to have visits with their loved ones. And we're talking months at a time. We're talking months and months and months going by with people not seeing the outside world, not having loved ones be able to come in. We're talking about instances in which people, you know, breathe their last breaths alone when family members should have, in my opinion, been able to be with them. If my mother was ill and on her deathbed, I don't care if, if you make me put on a hazmat suit and if I had to hold her hand through a, a rubber glove, people have a right to be with their loved ones. And these are rights that are being completely stripped away by Governor Cuomo. And, and I'm just... I'm 50% heartbroken and I'm 50% infuriated by this because it's so wrong. These are people who should be given the ability to make choices, especially when they're in the latter season of their life. They should be given the dignity of the choice and the autonomy over their own bodies to decide 
Am I willing to see my family, even if it means putting me potentially in contact with a virus that last we checked has almost 100% recovery rate, but can pose special risks to elderly people? I think we owe it to them to make their own choices. I'm very, very, very concerned about the trend that this sets in which we just completely disregard the wishes of elderly people. It's very troubling to me that we're not listening to the families, we're not listening to the individuals themselves with regard to how they conduct their lives. So I'm really honored to have someone who's been willing to share some time and uh, her insights with us today because she has seen up close and personal how painful, how damaging these mandates are. Her own mother has been in a long-term care facility this entire time, and I... I, I've watched in horror as as my friend who we'll hear from has shared time and again in which, you know, she was supposed to have a visit with mom, now can't because, you know, one person who may have been in the facility may have tested positive and now everybody's locked down for another two weeks and it's just there's no end in sight. And at some point, wh why are we not giving the dignity and the final say to the people whose, whose lives are their own to live? So I just just want to take a moment to introduce uh, my friend today and allow for her to speak from her heart and share you know what's gone on since we'll, we'll call it Friday the 13th March 13th seemed to be the day that this all went sideways and life has really never been the same since then so having said that I'm going to open up um, the airwaves for you to speak a bit here and share your family story and what you've watched go on in the life of your own mother here Okay. Yes. Like you said, um, we got an email, all the family in my mom's nursing home, we got an email on Friday the 13th. Actually, it was the 12th, Thursday the 12th, um, from the administrator saying all visitation is prohibited per the state, per the governor, um, that it would be a, a temporary thing that would go on so we can protect our most vulnerable, sure. which we all understood. Sure. We absolutely want to protect our, our parents and loved ones and elderly. Um, and we watched, like you said, a lot of, a lot of people die. Thank God nobody in my mom's nursing home did. Um, they've actually only had two people who, two residents who tested positive and they were both asymptomatic, my mom being one of them mm. and her roommate, and they both pulled through with flying colors mm. all the other positives have been staff members okay so we keep getting our visits put on hold because staff members keep getting tested positive and we just don't understand we're trying to lobby we're trying to get governor cuomo to listen to us mm. we the, the guidelines need to be revisited it's it's ridiculous now he brags every day on tv that we've been a month under one percent positivity rate a month under one percent but he hasn't lifted any restriction at all yeah. we're still prohibited from going in to seeing our loved ones my mom asks what she did wrong asks why we haven't been there i mean i do facetime the, the best i can but she's not really that great with technology so i do window visits a lot sure. and Per our governor, when a staff member tests or anybody tests positive, we have to wait 28 days. The nursing home has to be 28 days COVID-free. Oh, that does not make I sense I think to I any said of us. Two when weeks, quarantine is 14 weeks. days. Oh, oh, my word. So 28 days, it's it's, <sighs> it's very, very hard to meet. So we don't understand what what's, what's the difference if family or if staff members mask up, get their temperatures taken, 
they go in, they do their job, then they go home to their families or socialize wherever they want. Right. Why are they any safer than one or two family members? Pick one or two that that are willing to get tested, temperature, gown up, like you said, hazmat suit. I would do Whatever. anything. Yeah. Why are we more at putting them at harm than the staff members? It just it just boggles my mind. It makes no sense. We can't, like I said, get them to revisit and it needs to be revisited because it's nowhere near like it was March 12th when all of this came out. I mean, this isolation is causing a lot of these residents failure to thrive. A lot of them are refusing to eat. To me, I think isolation is just as bad, if not worse than having COVID, except in severe cases when they're hospitalized, of course, but they feel abandoned. They feel confused. They ask, you know, what, what they did, how come nobody's coming to see me? They're just very depressed without their loved ones, lack of socialization. Mm. They can't even eat together. They don't even put three or four residents in the dining hall together at a time. They're just still in their room. Oh, my word. Prisoners have more rights than my mom and these other people in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. It's ridiculous. And when we do get to visit them outdoors, it's six foot away with masks on, and we're supervised. We're watched over to make sure I don't go over and touch my mom. Something's wrong here. Something is very, but, very yeah, wrong. Yeah, I, I am. Oh, I'm so sickened to hear you say this, especially in light of the fact that our the same governor has released thousands of inmates who are above mm-hmm. the age of 55 because he doesn't want them to contract COVID in prison. So we're we're letting people loose into our communities. We're letting prisoners loose and we're, we're actually paying to put them up in hotels because we don't want them to catch COVID. And that's happening. That's yeah. happening downstate. That's happening all across this state. But your mother, who's how old? My mom turned 80 years old by herself, a milestone birthday by herself. Mm-hmm. We were able to wave through to her through a window in April. Um, she yeah. had her 60th wedding anniversary by herself, Mother's Day by herself. It, it's when's it, when's it going to stop? And the the weather is going to get colder. So once we even get into outdoor visits, what's going to happen? Are we not going to be even allowed to see them outdoors at six feet away? It just I, something needs to be done to protect their mental, their physical, the emotional oh, health of sure. this population. We can't get the governor to even talk about it. It's ridiculous. What I just what sort of response is had? I mean, have, I assume you've reached out personally. I would assume I've reached people out. on your I've emailed. Um, um, what in a response group do you get face, uh, on Facebook mm-hmm. that um, a lot of people? Are, are going through. Um, we I, I can't make it, but some of them plan actually um, um, peacefully protesting with pictures of their loved ones before this isolation and after. And let me tell you, you would not believe my heart breaks when I see some of the pictures of how different they look and how you, you can just physically, mentally, they're just, they don't even look like the same people oh, without I'm the sure social, a, a socialization and without the family. I mean, like I haven't hugged my mom. She hasn't had a hug since March 12th. It's Ugh. just, it's ridiculous. I can't, I, I emailed him and I just got like a form letter. Thank you for reaching out. It wasn't not even from him. I don't know what else, what else we can do. I, I, I don't, it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, and it's and my abusive. mom's case, she has the onset of dementia as the, does my dad at home. And they are forgetting one another because they're out of each other's daily routine. They are literally forgetting about one another. And for me to watch it, 
it breaks my heart because there's nothing I can do. And the governor won't revisit or do anything. Something needs to be done. Absolutely. It's such a disconnect. I just can't imagine. I can't imagine not putting together some common sense provisions Mm -hmm. to allow for people, even if your mother was willing to sign a waiver. You know what? I'll take my chances of contracting COVID-19. Let me see my family. It should be their choice. I would think it would be. They don't have a say. They've lost everything. They can't even get haircuts. Yeah, explain to me. Okay, I've been told this, and I I, I was like, how? (laughs) How can you deny someone the basic hygiene of a haircut? Well, what's the logic behind that? Because salons have been open since phase three, but they they are not allowing anyone to come in even with the appropriate garb on to give haircuts to residents? That is what we are being told. Yes, that because um, it's not a regular employee, she's just somebody who's contracted out and she comes in to do haircuts a couple times a week, that she is considered a visitor and and cannot have haircuts. And like some of these people, I mean, Uh it's horrible because you know they're usually well kept and whatever. When I see them, when I used to see them, and now when I'm peering through the window like a dog trying to look at my mom and seeing some of the other residents behind her wheeling in the room, they're unrecognizable. It's ridiculous. Uh, How do you deny somebody a haircut? It's just just the basic human dignity. I know. Yeah. I don't get it. I really... I I don't either. And I, you know, I want to believe... I'm not in any way ragging on long-term care facilities or nursing homes. I think I think that it takes a very special kind of individual to do that profession and do it well. Let's be honest here. There's some facilities that operate better than others. And I what, con- what concerns me is the complete cutoff from the outside world. You have no way of knowing the kind of care that your loved one is getting. You have no You're idea right. if they're You're being right. turned for bed sores. You have no mm-hmm. idea if they're laying in, in their waist all night long because it's it's been, okay, first of all, it's a profession that's been completely short-staffed for a very long time. Then you throw COVID into it, even more short-staffing issues, and then you completely cut off people's contact with the outside world. So any chance for advocacy if there is mistreatment is completely gone. You know, and I'm not, I'm not months. saying it's, it's been six a half months. A year. I mean, we're going to flatten months. the curve. Where their their <laughs> eyes, their oh. voice, their ears, especially for someone like my mom who doesn't remember things. Yeah, I would be right on top of everything. Like you know, her her toenails need to be trimmed, or sure. or her teeth need to be put in. We have no idea what's oh. going on behind these doors. We have no idea. It's just plain sickening. And meanwhile, you know, we have busloads of hundreds of people being bussed from New York City, which was supposedly the hotbed of contagion, you know, to Mm -hmm. two prisons around the state to resume in-person prison visits. But we can't allow our elderly population to be visited by loved ones and even loved ones who are willing, like you said, to to, to be tested, to have the temp taken, put on the zoot suit. What do you want from me? Just let me see my mom. And and I, because, I, like I said, how are we any more harmful than the staff who goes out and does whatever they want to do when they're not on the clock? Well, it sure. No they, and most of them have families. They have kids that are bringing home, yeah, whatever. The, the exponential uh-huh. possibility for contact with any germ when you're a parent, when you're in a multi-person household, you know, it's huge. So the, the thing is, what I've said 
for a very long time here is there's such a degree of hypocrisy, there's such a degree of nonsensical inconsistency with the policies that are coming from this governor. I, I am just sickened by it. I'm sickened by it. Our episode just before you came on was just the way that our public school system is being completely gutted, you know, especially the marginalized communities, these, these communities of color at risk already. You know, they're having everything ripped away from them. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you got people in their, you know, latter seasons of life who are being completely completely robbed of the dignity of being able to spend their last days, months, years exactly. in the manner that they deserve to spend them. I mean, these are the mm-hmm. people that built the foundation of our communities and you're, you're, we're going to deny them the dignity of a haircut. I of mean, they, they can't being, be basically, right. basically they being their choices, a, working right. all their life. And right. if they're on their deathbeds, according to our governor and the state also, they are allowed two visitors, and it oh, has to be okay. the same two visitors every day. Oh, okay. So if you're actively dying, you can have visitors. We can go in and visit oh, them, yeah, not even all sense. day, and it has to be the same two visitors. Ugh, that's so if disgusting. somebody has like seven children, well, that's just tough luck. It's yeah, you got to rock, paper, scissor that one out, guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure mm-hmm. out who makes the cut. Come on. This is so cruel. This is, is so cruel. I, I'm, I'm going to have a piece on hopefully in the weeks to come about some of our adult daycare programs, whether it's for developmentally disabled individuals or persons with addictions and, you know, behavioral health issues, because they've, they've seen uh, their whole support system has been ripped away as well. And I think that's just unbelievably cruel, unbelievably cruel. But what is being done to our elder population that we were all have been so committed to protecting through this, it just points to something so much bigger at play here. And I, I'm so, I'm so disgusted by it. I'm so encouraged to see, you know, the online groups. I mean, you, you directed me toward one, um, help me with the name of the Facebook group. I know I'm a member of it, but Um, is it New York caregivers or I'll I'll put a link on my caregivers for compromise because isolation kills too. Okay. Caregivers for compromise because isolation kills too on Facebook. So anyone listening, you know, this might not be a reality for anyone who's listening's world, but imagine it were, imagine, you know, your child is in a long-term care facility because of a, you know, progressive degenerative health condition or perhaps a traumatic injury rendered them unable to care for themselves. I mean, we're not talking about solely elderly individuals. We're talking also about people who haven't been able to see their children in six months. And, you know, failure to thrive, we can all will ourselves to die. Don't tell me we can't. I mean, and I, you know, you get to a point as an elderly individual where you really think you're not going to see your loved ones again. These people are going to will themselves to die. Is, Is that the goal here? Is that what we're trying to do? Because it almost looks like that. I mean, why? Why do we have to have elderly people who probably the bright spot in their week was getting a fresh haircut or a fresh perm, you'll be able to hold on to that part of their identity, seeing their family, seeing friends. We've robbed them of all their dignity, and it's disgusting, and it's being done in the name of keeping them safe. Are you kidding me? Let me live a little dangerously and let me live. I mean, I think that's what probably most of these, and it's not even danger. I mean, they're taking every measured precaution. You're willing to take every measured precaution to keep your mother and keep everyone else in that facility safe. And still, still nothing. Absolutely. You get to look they at each other through me. a window. They could test me oh. 10 times a week if they yeah. wanted to. Do, do if, whatever if could, it takes. I would be willing to do that to go and see my mom. Oh, I'm so so sorry your family is going through this. So sorry. Thank you. Thank I, you. I, my heart truly breaks. I, I will find every way I can to somehow advocate for this issue because I could just cry. I cannot imagine 
you know, being the space between, you know, that glass pane, I cannot imagine what that feels like other than, other than feeling like you're completely imprisoned. You're both imprisoned. You're imprisoned. She's imprisoned. It's, it's a disgrace. This is an absolute disgrace. And how this governor gets away with these sort of heartless, cruel policies is baffling to me. But I just hope and pray that there's enough momentum built and enough people who are ready to really charge ahead and let it be known that this this abuse cannot continue. This is downright abuse of our elderly population. And some of them fought for our freedoms. You know, they raised families. Some of them taught, you know, the community by way of being educators their whole lives. I mean, they deserve better than this. This is not... This is not acceptable, Governor Cuomo. And I, I, I guarantee Matilda isn't locked behind a, you know, a glass window. I, I bet you Matilda's getting her hair done. Maybe I'm wrong, but I bet Matilda Cuomo is, is getting groomed on the weekly. And it's, it just goes to, once again, prove double standards, hypocrisy, complete, complete imbalance in these policies. And I, I'm very, very sorry that your family is, is really being abused by these policies the way they are. Um, but I thank you for your time. I, like I said, I, you're in my thoughts, you're in my prayers, you're in, you're in my active efforts to try to do something to bring attention to this and bring about change. Because I appreciate it. Especially thank if, you very yes, much. thank you. And I, I, I hope and pray that there are better days ahead. So thank you for your time. Thank you. You take good care, my dear. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. And there we have perfect example of one family in our state suffering because of the horrible, nonsensical policies of Andrew Cuomo. I mean, can you even imagine being held hostage in the very nursing home that you're spending your life savings staying in so your basic needs are met and they're, and you're going to be told by a governor who who put forth policies that wiped out a number of your peers you're going to be told by by that governor that you can't see your family, you can't be taken out to be part of special events, you can't you can't be part of life because we don't want you to die. We need to wake up people. I mean, and especially if if you're if you're in an older age bracket, <laughs> I mean, I I'm concerned for the elderly population moving forward because if this is the if this is the trend we're just going to rob people of their rights whether they're kids who have a right to education or whether they're elderly people who have a right to the dignity of seeing their families and being able to have their basic human needs met this is a disgusting trend and it's one that has no place in a civilized society it has no place in a society that values empathy and values equal rights has no place here in New York. I'm telling you that right now. So again, I would encourage each and every one of you get involved, get informed. This not, might not be an issue that affects you personally, but affects others on a very, very deep level. So I'd encourage you to go to the Downstate Abbey Facebook page, look up the link for the Facebook page that was mentioned during this segment so you can gain a better understanding of what caregivers for compromise are wanting to see happen so that their loved ones are advocated for, so that our vulnerable community members have a voice. Because this this progression of rogue, horrible, heartless, reckless policies is not going to stop until we stand up and unite and push back. And there are lives that are being impacted every day by the horrible leadership of Andrew Cuomo, and their voices are not being heard. They're not. So I encourage each and every one of you to press on, 
build a bigger network of people who are aware of what's going on on a state level, because this has potential to just completely continue to disseminate our state as days go by, months go by. And we really need to fight for each other because we belong to each other. I love you all. Keep the faith. Keep in touch.